Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Amazing Race Rewind podcast, the podcast where we rewind back in time to watch the early seasons of the Amazing Race for the first time. My name is Andrew. And I'm Jill. And we're here to talk about season one, episode 12, the penultimate episode of season one, finale part one, almost at the end. But before we fully dive into this episode, we have something that we would like to address. Yeah, so we got a question via email from a Dwayne, also known as my father. Ever heard um, of <laughs> And he was wondering... If you could plan a season of The Amazing Race Canada, what would your top two locations and challenges taken by the teams in that season be? Do you want to go first? Okay, yes. So I actually forgot to think of something before this. I was scrambling right before the episode when Jill mentioned this. So this might not be the most well thought out ideas, but these are two locations that I thought. And we decided that we were going to do like one Canadian location and then one location outside of the world. So for my Canadian location, no, not outside of the world. We're staying. We're staying on planet Earth. Just I forgot. I did two in Canada. I didn't have one outside of Canada. Oh, but you know it's fine to each their own. It's fine. It was an interpretive question. So, <laughs> my my Canadian location was. I said, let's go extreme. Let's do something wild that people might not think. Let's go up, up north to the northernmost settlement, human settlement in the world of alert Nunavut. I think just saying that you've been there would be cool. And then for a challenge, I was like, hmm, there's not really much you could do there. So I said, okay, they have a lot of snow. What if it's a face-off challenge and they have to do a snowball fight? <laughs> so that was my Canadian location. I forgot that face-offs existed. I love a good face-off, but that's neither here nor there. So my international location was Australia. For no reason other than I was looking on the map and thought, okay, Australia would be cool. And for the task, I think it would be really, really fun to watch some random civilians, everyday people. I want to watch them sing opera. Let's go to the Sydney Opera House Opera Singing Challenge. I think that could be very entertaining. Wow, you really dug deep into what's in Australia. You know what I, I did? never thought of that. I was like, oh, Australia is cool. Let's see what Australia is known for. Search that up. Sydney Opera House. Oh, opera singing. That's cool. That's not something that people are good at. I think that could be amusing. So, yeah. And yours? Andrew gave <laughs> so much thought. Yeah, yeah. Um. so I ended up just picking two in Canada. I really wanted to pick something that wasn't going to be obvious, not Parliament, not the CN Tower, not West Edmonton Mall. Uh, so mine are a little more niche and mine are more based on, I'd say, location. So one of them is actually the Toronto Music Garden. Oh. which, if you don't know, is right on the harbor front in Toronto. And it was designed in part with Yo-Yo Ma and the designer uh, Julie Messervy. Um, and okay. it's really neat. So it's based on box, I think, number one, cello or suite for unaccompanied cello. And the garden is essentially divided into sections based on the movement of the piece. Um, So I thought something fun could be done with that, you know, whether oh. it's incorporating. I didn't really have a specific challenge, but incorporating those you know six movements together and because they're all it's 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 beautiful if you have a chance go it's free i would highly recommend it my other challenge or this one i do have one in mind also based in toronto or any i guess any city that is public transit but taking the subway line and you know those challenges that they often have where one team member so it'd just be a roadblock one team member has to like go and look at either a diagram or map, memorize it, and then run back to another location and try and get it in the right order. Yeah. 
I think that like something like that with like transit maps or subway maps would be really fun. I don't know. That's like, that's something I would enjoy. I don't know if other people would enjoy, but, and it's not specific to Canada, but I, I would really enjoy that. I think that that's just your fantasy of that's what you wish would happen when we're on the amazing race is that we're going to go to Toronto and there's going to be a TTC task where you get to flex your skills and knowledge of how you have the entire map memorized in front of the entire nation. So you know I what? Think that's where that's coming from. So, it yeah. can be done in any city, though. I think public transit is incredible. I will just say that. And I think it does not get the appreciation it deserves. And I think memorizing maps is fun. So I agree. Public transportation is great when done correctly. Yes. Anyway. So yes, that's that on that. If you want to ask yes. us another question so we can flex our creative skills brain you can send it at amazingracerewind.gmail.com or dm on instagram at amazingracerewind yep and while we're at it follow us so with that being said let's get into part one of this finale which did nothing for me and was frankly useless in my opinion why are we doing a two-part finale it's just stretched out the season further yeah, it was it was very it felt long because I feel like they made the teams go further and go harder than they had before without giving them a break. I feel like the break should have come sooner and it didn't. But I will say it was it was a race. There was a lot of amazing racing and there was a lot of traveling. Yeah, I do think the tasks in this challenge were were pretty cool. But this final stretch has been it's been kind of a slog to me, to be honest. But that might just be because I'm watching this on a week-to-week basis, which I wouldn't normally be doing um, if I were watching something like this. But I think also some of the issue comes from the fact that pretty definitively now we've got two teams out in front. We've got Franca Margarita and Robin Brennan kind of neck and neck, which keeps it exciting. But the Guidos are so far behind that you kind of just know that they're not going to catch up. So it's not as exciting having two teams racing for first than it would be having three. Yeah, so like with the Guidos, whenever we showed them, I was like, okay, this is a waste of time because we know they're not going to win. Might as well just eliminate them here, send them home. That's yeah. it. I don't want to see them anymore. They're finished. It's over. Yeah, but I will say right off the bat, you know, they start, they're still in China. Uh, I can't imagine the tension that like you would have between you and your partner at that point. Like knowing that you're now at the point where you very realistically have a chance for a million dollars. It would just be insane. Yeah. And speaking of tension, we open this episode with Frank and Margarita in the middle of, of an argument with no context. Oh, I know. Do you know what this argument was about? I have no idea. But it's just that I think half of it is just you're you're so close to so much money and this incredible feat. Yeah. I can't imagine the strain. And I think the camera person didn't have their camera turned on in time because this is obviously just a downtime portion of the race. And then they just started arguing. They're like, oh, I got, we got to record this. Because if you look at the angle, the angle is like from the ground and it's kind of pointed upwards at them. So I think they just switched their camera on. And that's why we don't have any context about what the argument's about because it wasn't on film. Because obviously they saved their film during the downtime. It did say that um they were, because like, this is before they've started the race. It's before they've gotten their first clue that this happened. Yeah. So that's probably why. But I just, I thought that was interesting. And they don't make any effort to let us know. All we know is there is tension there. And I think they have a couple of breakdowns this episode, which is kind of unfortunate to see because they were doing so well, like relationship-wise and race-wise, these past few legs. And now they're kind of reverting a bit. All that being said, I really hope they win. 
because they have like you know they speak about their daughter so much and just how they're doing it for her the security that this could give her you know educational future and stuff and so they have a much more quote-unquote valid reason to be doing it than rob and brennan who are lawyers are presumably already doing very well off you know yeah i agree with you i'm also rooting for frank and margarita i think they're also just a more interesting team than rob and brennan rob and brennan they're just so unproblematic and boring to me you know (laughs) they're just kind of there they're there but you can't blame them for that. You can only blame the casting team for choosing them. That is fair. So after the race officially starts, after the cameras turn on, when yes. Frank and Margaret are <laughs> in the midst of a little discussion, um, they get a clue and they have to go to... Tiantan Park. Yes. Which is where the pit stop was the last leg. So I think that's kind of like the area where they're starting. And Frank and Margarita are starting at 11.14 p.m. And Rob and Brennan are only 11 minutes behind them, starting at 11.25 p.m. And the park doesn't open until 6 a.m., correct? 6 a.m., yeah. So they go, they find another hotel to stay at for the night. It's kind of funny. They they probably woke up, left yes. the hotel, got the clue, and then just had to go back to another hotel. Yeah. And then I'll just say this now, because just to bring it up, that Team Guido is a full 23 hours behind these teams and don't leave until 10.51 p.m. the next day, so... You don't see them really until almost the 25 minute mark into the episode. Yeah, they're over. So they go to the park and the task is they have to use a map to find one of three kite flyers in the park. And their clue is attached to one of these three kites. Now, Frank and Margarita are able to get into the park five minutes before it opens, which good for them. But it doesn't give them a huge advantage because the kite flyer isn't there till 6 a.m. anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true. And they have to wait for the kite to fall down. Or something mm-hmm. for them to get the clue. I didn't really fully understand what was going on with that. No, and nobody struggled immensely. Like the two teams were pretty neck and neck. They each found a kite. They got the clue, and it sends them to the Great Wall of China, right? But they must yeah. take a public bus. Yes, that's interesting that they specified that you're only allowed to take a public bus. They said no tourist bus allowed. And I think even at one point, was it with Frank and Margarita that the cab driver was trying to, they were trying to Uh, tell him where they needed to go. And he was trying to tell them that he would drive them there. But they were saying, no, we must take a public bus. Which is probably like such a confusing concept for him. Because like, why would you be so adamant about when, well, I guess if you're wanting to save money, speaking of public transportation. But I, I think the goal of this was to try and challenge the teams a little bit more and then also immerse them in the culture a little bit more with this taking the public bus. But I thought it was kind of strange that they specified that yeah but either way they get there pretty easily they both get on the right bus it's when they get there that i I don't know what frank and margarita were doing but they were jumping (laughs) over a lot of fences that you clearly clearly there was going to be nothing there if an area is completely fenced off and you have to physically climb over it i don't think that they're going to put a clue there they jumped over every single fence around the perimeter of the great wall of china Every time they were cutting cut to them, they were jumping over a fence. Now, how it was like, yeah, good like five, (laughs) ten minutes of just them fence jumping, and the fences were sharp. And all I think is at this point, like nothing is gonna be behind this fence. If there's no (laughs) entrance, no physical entrance to this area, you're not supposed to be in there. There's not a clue in there. And I think one of the issues was it seemed that the bus just kind of deposited them out onto the highway. It didn't seem like it Because I think that's the thing with the tourist bus. The tourist bus would just take you straight to the entrance. This bus just kind of puts you near the Great Wall of China, where you then have to navigate your way to the entrance. And they just started fence jumping. And I have to imagine what it would look like for the camera person to be jumping these fences along with them. That would be a sight to see. 
because they're not these little fences either they're probably about as tall as each each of the people like all the teams if not like maybe a little shorter but it's not just a, like a waist height fence no they're full on doing parkour they're like moving objects so they climb over them and then climb over the fence using that i know and rob and brendan don't fence jump at all they i just didn't understand yeah so anyway rob and brendan get there to the entrance before frank and margarita because they're too busy doing their parkour stunts well and they get there first despite being the second uh second team to get the clue from the kite yes and then the clue once they get to the great wall of china is steep versus flat which is pretty self-explanatory you either go up a steep set of stairs to get your next clue or you go up um what's the opposite of steep gradual flat um, or yeah I, well it's called yeah steep versus flat or <laughs> more a more flat <laughs> gradual incline that's for the, essentially it's very as the season has been the steeper one the hill is technically closer and the flatter path the clue is placed much further away yeah and my question is why are we still doing this at this point in the race obviously everybody is going to be choosing steep when it's the penultimate leg We've come this far. People have done hard things. We know they can do hard things. Obviously, they're going to choose the one that's going to be quicker. But it's I, pre-planned. Like they, at this point, I guarantee you, the producers were like, "Okay, next season, we gotta, we gotta change up these roadblocks." But I roadblocks, sorry, detours. I hope they change it up because I need some substance here. This is <laughs> this is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting out, of, guys. We need to we need to tone it down. Yeah, let me have a word with the producers before season two. Okay. So if you can guess, they all choose steep. Like they're clearly winded while going up this hill. Like it's it is a it's a good incline over a good amount of distance, but it's not insane. And I mean they're both younger, you know, physically fit couples. Yeah. They're able to do it just fine. And I mean, even Joe and Bill, who are a little bit on the older side, didn't struggle with this either, it seemed like. No. And speaking of, when Joe and Bill were climbing up this, did you notice they were marching like soldiers? Like, it looked like they, because they were pretty much in sync and they had their arms swinging beside them in, in that particular way. Do you know what I mean? I didn't notice this. No, well, because they were doing this task a whole 24 hours later, yeah. so I was not at all. You were checked out by then. <laughs> I was checked out. Team Guido, yeah. I, I checked out. Well, that's fair. I can't blame you for that. But it's also cool how you can see the indentations of how, like, the stairs have eroded over time to people's steps. It is. I mean, and that's all of this aside. The Great Wall is incredible. I think just yeah. every time I see it on film, it, it never ceases to amaze me. And just to be there just looks incredible. It's a feat. Like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, no, for sure. One thing about this season is they're really trying to go to every, like, major location in the world. Well, not in the world, obviously, because that's not possible. But they're trying to hit, like, the, the big points here. All of their locations were pretty... Um, well-known like popular on the tourist side there yeah. were no really niche locations but i mean it worked it worked for the first season like you can do that obviously yep and i don't think the great wall of china or the eiffel tower or anything ever gets boring yeah no exactly so yeah frank and margarita here are quite tense they're struggling and arguing at the great wall of china they're not really after their fence hopping yeah after their fence hopping i guess that'll put anybody in a bad mood and they're they're not really looking at each other they're not communicating well they're not even walking together during the, the detour. And Frank particularly seems to be quite ruthless for little reason. But I guess, like you said before, it must just be the intensity of being so close to the finish. Oh, I, I can't imagine it. Because I think to a certain point, you know, if you get out on leg three, you're just having fun. Like if, <laughs> if you're set home by that point, you're, ju you're just you're there for fun. But when you're in this leg, all of a sudden, it really is about a million bucks. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I guess for them, they've always been kind of comfortably in the front, I believe. I don't think they've ever really been at risk of elimination. No. So after this detour, they open their clue and they find out they have to go to Alaska. Anchorage, Alaska. They're going back to the States. And they've really gone all around the world here. It's kind of crazy, like how ambitious this route was for this race. They kind of did a full, they did a full circle, actually. Yeah. The only place they didn't hit was, correct me if I'm wrong, South America? Yeah, South America and, well, Australia, like Oceania. How do you say it? Oceania? I say Oceania. Okay, Oceania. Yeah, but the I throws me off. I ignore the I. Okay. Which is probably (laughs) wrong, but. And then also Antarctica, obviously. Yeah, but it's a pretty, pretty well-versed route uh, for first first go at the race. No, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy if if you think about it. On the cab to the airport, Frank and Margarita, they're still kind of bickering and not communicating well. And then Margarita says, you know, she's had enough. So she's going to give a little bit of a pep talk saying how they need to pull it together. This is the last race. They need to do it for their daughter and all that stuff. And then also once Rob and Brennan arrive to the airport, Rob haggles with the cab driver for money. Now, this is something that I... It was very intense, but there was like a max 15 seconds of screen time given to it. Yeah. See, now I was just thinking, I was like kind of projecting myself. I th- I would never, I'm so non-confrontational. I would never haggle with somebody for money. I would just give it to them. I, I feel like I'd lose a lot of money that way, but... You and I would be like the, the most broke team on The Amazing Race because we're both <laughs> so passive. We'd I know. Like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Whatever. Sure. Take it. Go. Like yeah. we would lose all of our money just being too nice. That would not be a good thing for us, so... No. Maybe that's a skill you and I should be working on. Yeah, we, we gotta... <laughs> we gotta, we gotta idle in, in a fixed-price economy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna, like, message the Uber beforehand, like, no, <laughs> you better charge me less. Because your Uber driver has so much power over that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking that there's gonna be some stress at the airport here, because I can't imagine Anchorage Airport being very big. So they figure out some connecting flights. Brennan and Rob get there first. And initially, the lady at the ticket office says that they only have business class seats available. And I think it's a rule. It, well, it must be a rule that they can't fly business class. They're only allowed to fly economy on the race. Yeah. So yeah, Brennan asks if she can bump people up to business class and have Brennan and Rob take the spots to be in economy. And this works eventually. So their flight is they're flying out of Beijing at 1.45 p.m. to San Francisco from San Francisco to Seattle, and then from Seattle to Anchorage. Quite a trip. And Frank and Margarita get a relatively similar deal, though, except I think they get to pay the economy fare but sit in business class. Is that right? Yeah. Lucky for them. Yeah. They really lucked out there. And I think Rob and and Brendan were at the back of the plane, they said, like literally as far back in the plane as you could go. Yes. That would be horrible because I was thinking the stress when you're in a rush in the first place, when you're in the back of the plane and all these people are dilly-dallying, getting out of their plane and getting getting out of the plane and getting all of their stuff. But you're on the amazing race fighting for your life and you just have to sit there and watch them. Like that's something that I haven't considered before about this show, but I think that would really get to me, you know? And I think it's easier now because now if you were in the situation People know what the, like most people on the street, if you say the amazing race, they know of it. So you, if you're in a rush, you'd be like, I'm on the amazing race. Like I need to blah, 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 blah. And they'd be like, oh, I get it. But at the time, no one knew what this was. So if they were <laughs> trying to like 
we're on the amazing race. You know, we really need to people to be like, you're on the what? Like, what is that? Yeah. And I think it's really great for the producers. I think they got lucky that they are on the same flight that both Robin Brennan and Frank and Margarita are on the same flight because it would be so much more boring if they were on different flights because then we'd be watching three teams doing three separate things with no interaction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's this. it makes it much more exciting. Definitely. So. And there's no real coverage of them during their travel. Um, they get to Anchorage, it seems like, with a good amount of ease. And around this time is when we actually see the Guidos start their leg back in Beijing. Yeah, we cut to Beijing. And I think this is the first time where I've seen a team in their hotel room. Yeah, we see the Guidos packing their bags. Yeah, which is kind of weird. It's like, I feel like I should not be seeing this right now. But they give us... I think they just had no interesting content on the Guidos. (laughs) So they were using whatever scraps they had. Well, they gave us a good tip. They said, roll your clothes when packing because you can fit more. That is true. Which, I mean, I've done that before. But whenever I do that, my clothes, they get wrinkly. You're on the Amazing Race. It's a sacrifice you're going to make. Yeah, I know, but just like in general. That's why hotels have irons. Yeah, I might not be doing right anyway. <laughs> so yes, they're starting, like I said before, 23 hours behind everybody else. But you got to give it to them for their optimism because the whole time they're talking about being able to catch up, probably still have a chance. They're still in it. We still got to go hard. So kudos to them for that. I feel like there's two ways you can go there. I feel like you can do what they're doing and keep this belief in yourself that you're going to be able to finish this or you'll be the the team that's just like well we're out but i feel like even if you are that team then you just like you basically have like a free trip paid for yeah. with like all these activities so i would almost want to be that team just like you know what let's not rush let's not stress let's just enjoy like these activities that we get to do yeah because it would take a blunder of unfathomable proportions from both Rob and Brennan and Frank and Margarita, for them to even have a sliver of a chance. I, a I fear of unfathomable fathomable proportions. Yeah, okay. I wrote that down because I thought it was so dramatic and ridiculous. Okay, anyway, I think their odds are are very slim. Oh, they're, they're so Less slim, than 1%. Like next to nothing. So yes, the Joe and Bill, it's pretty much just a montage of them doing the tasks in Beijing. There's nothing to show of them, nothing to say. No. Back to Anchorage, Alaska, where the two teams yeah. left competing are. Yes. So Frank and Margarita get off the plane first because they're in business class and ahead. Well, meanwhile, Robin and Brendan are literally in the last row of the plane. So they're headed to the North Country Bed and Breakfast in Scotty Lake. And they're are they driving themselves here at this point now? I don't know if they drive themselves now or if that's when they go to the road. No, I think they have to take a cab here and then they drive themselves later. Right, but since they're back in the States now, they do have the teams drive themselves a bit from this point onward. Yes, exactly. So yes, they make it to the bed bed and breakfast and they have to stay the night because the next task does not start until 8 a.m. We also cut back to Team Guido of just saying that they got the exact same flight as Robin Brennan and Frank and Margarito, but just an entire day later. And they're still being optimistic. Too optimistic. So we go to the next morning and they have to do this Alaskan blanket toss task where it's a large group of people standing around a large blanket and the contestant will stand in the middle of the blanket and then the people throw the person in the air. It's like, it's something that indigenous people used to do in, what's where are we? I was going to say Antarctica, Alaska. In Alaska. To see um, animals nearby that they could hunt. But now it's actually done as a community event and celebration at the end of spring whaling season. 
it's like a point in the season where the community comes together and takes part in this blanket. Oh, nice. Interesting. So what did you think of this? I thought it was a neat incorporation of that culture with like a task. And I, you know, both teams seem to be able to do it relatively quickly. You know, the clue was placed fairly close by. So yeah. there's like a couple jumps being thrown into the air and they were able to spot it. But it was it was, I think, a good task. Yeah, I agree. But for some reason, I was underwhelmed because I don't know why I thought they were going to be flung into like the next dimension. They were going to be flung like 10 feet in the air. But I, that was just an unrealistic expectation I set for myself. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, oh, they're only going like a foot in the air. Yeah, no, I don't think they were going to be skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. I love how hopeful you were, though. Yeah, this felt very Amazing Race Canada to me, you know, because it's like the the whole community is there. It's a, like... um, It's a big deal that there's this show being filmed. Yeah, and I think that's very common in, in the Canadian version of The Amazing Race, where they have like the whole community come out and be onlookers or spectators or participate in the task. Well, because anybody not from Toronto or Vancouver, when there's something being filmed in your town, it's a big deal. <laughs> Like yeah. even if it's like 50 kilometers away i mean we know it's a big deal like it's in all the papers yeah no exactly so yes this was a cool challenge as well um i liked it and then yes we have the return of self-driving here um where for the next task they have to drive to matanuska glacier um and i will say this was my favorite task they they both managed to find it um with a little bit of difficulty driving but they have to one team member has to scale the glacier do it like the ice climbing yeah. and i honestly think this was my favorite task of the season because it's so mentally challenging and physically challenging maybe I also just love the snow and that so to me i was just already like so happy but i thought it was a great task yeah i think so too and i thought it looked really cool on tv when they were like pan out and you could see them the contestants halfway up the ice well i think it looked really cool yeah um and then just one small thing that i noticed that's literally the most insignificant thing in the world is that when the teams were driving both of the team members were sitting in the front seats where usually you have the one in the front seat and the one in the back seat behind in the camera person in the passenger seat but i thought that was yeah because usually you've got like a cab driver in the front so only one team member can sit up front no that's not no but i mean though but when they're self-driving there's one person driving and then one person in the back seat behind them and then there's the camera person in the passenger seat Oh, I see what you mean. I like how you refer to it as self-driving. Like just yeah. Well, I don't know. What else do you say? Driving, driving. I guess themselves. so. They have to drive themselves. <laughs> yeah. They have, yeah. They, they have some Teslas back in two thousand one where the cars are going to drive themselves. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and yes, this roadblock also did seem fairly difficult. Like both Rob and Frank were struggling a bit with it because it's like I said, it's so mentally challenging because you have to you know, dig your ice picks in yeah. like the handles that you've, or the what are you, the hammers that you've got, but then you are, it's just calculating where you need to go and where you need to move. I, I thought it, I would do it just for fun, but it, it looked great. Yeah, no, exactly. So after the roadblock, both teams are still pretty much neck and neck. They have to drive around and look for a road marker one-on-one -on -one and ride on the trail of a snowmobile to the pit stop. This also made, I don't know, maybe it's just like a love for snow in winter, but <laughs> snowmobiles just made me so happy. I love snowmobiles. I love snowmobiling. I miss it so much. I, I was, this is the best way to go to a pit stop, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So we're at the pit stop. They just ride on the back of the snow, the tra trail of a snowmobile and Robin Brennan get their first Frank and Margarita are there in second. There's a really funny moment where Rob and Brennan, you know, they've checked into the pit stop and pit stop and there's a little cabin 
right beside it where they're going to stay the night till the next leg. Um, but they're just kind of watching from the cabin door as Frank and Margarita check in. And I think it's Rob. He kind of like, it's a close up on his face and kind of slowly starts nodding and he goes, it's going to be a good race. Oh my God. And yeah. It just gets really dramatic. And then like all the teams have like the little, little monologues of why they're going to win and how they're going to win. Like it was so dramatic. Yeah. I have that quoted right here because it's so, it sounds so scripted and it probably was scripted. I feel like they forced him to say this because it's so dramatic. He says, it's time to focus on victory. It's time to focus on winning the amazing race. <laughs> it's like, whoa. It's like when a character in a movie says the, the title of the movie in the dialogue, just like naturally, and it's like kind of cringe and you can tell they really forced it in there. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe this is just film kids, but every time we're watching a movie as like a collective and the title of the movie is said, the whole theater goes crazy. We'll be like, oh my God. Oh my God. He said the name of the movie. And it's something that I realized has translated into our watching movies in like Cineplex or something. So it will be like, we'll be sitting there and one of the characters said the name of the movie. And me, Sarah, and Joshua were like, whoa, whoa, guys, 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 he just said the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little bit that you do. It's a bit. Yeah. Life's a um, bit. And also, we see the Guidos arrive in Anchorage and they don't even show them finishing the leg this episode. <laughs> Because they have to no. stay in the cabin. so Yeah, we see nothing of the Guidos. And it's just, I, I mean, but you, at this point, you know. You know the race is down to the top two teams. Yeah, well, I feel like we knew this a while ago. But yeah, that's the episode. And Part we, one of the finale. more left. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm quite actually excited to watch this finale because I think it should be a pretty close and exciting battle seeing how neck and neck Frank and Marguerite and Robert Brennan have been for pretty much this entire race, but especially these these past few legs. Yeah, no, I am I am excited. It's going to be... I like that you can't predict it. I like that. Yes, yeah. But again, I feel like we could have done without this episode or we could at least combine this episode and the next one into... That's what I mean. It felt like there were a lot of tasks in this episode. Yeah. It was it just felt like they wanted to stretch the season as as long as they could. Yeah. But if you don't have any other final thoughts. I don't. I'll just we said this at the beginning, but if you want to email us, uh, amazing race rewind at gmail.com, check out the Instagram at amazing race rewind. We're always happy to hear from you, always happy to get your insights, answer questions. And yeah, next week, final episode. Well, final Final episode of the season where we talk about a, a, a specific leg of the race. We will yeah. have the recap episode, but yeah, the finale of the race next week. Yeah, and the recap episode, we're going to be going over like behind the scenes info, what the teams did after the race and all that. So if you have any information that's a little bit niche or hard to find, send it to us at AmazingRaceRewind.gmail.com yeah. uh, because we want to know everything. We're going to have yeah. an encyclopedic knowledge here. We that's will, cool. but we'll cover more about the recap next week. Yes. So... Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye.